Welcome and thanks for listening. I'm Stacey Randall Shaheen. And I'm Diane Amelia Reed. Together, we will examine essential questions so you can cultivate a deeper connection to your true identity and help others do the same. This is personal power for the common good. Change your life, change the world. Welcome to Personal Power for the Common Good, the podcast where we explore the bonuses and the barriers that come with each stage of human development. We find ways to sidestep those barriers on the way to authenticity and learn how to help others do the same. In this podcast episode is dedicated to American union leader and community and labor organizer, Dolores Huerta. Ms. Huerta dedicated her life to improving the treatment, pay, and working conditions for farm workers. And beyond improving the conditions, her efforts created national awareness of the dangers of pesticides to workers' health. I'm Stacey Randall Shaheen, an educator, justice advocate, mother, parenting expert, and human rights and services professional for 34 plus years. I'm here with my good friend, colleague, and coach, Diane Amelia Reed. Hi, I'm Diane Amelia Reed, a woman, wife, Oma, singer. I'm a budding surfer, social justice advocate, and a personal transformation consultant. Stacy and I are delighted to have you with us for this fourth episode of Personal Power for the Common Good. If you've listened to the first three episodes and are now joining us again, we sure hope the questions and the ideas and the at-home work generated so far have increased your sense of personal power and your ability to impact the world in a positive way. And if you're tuning in for the first time, well, welcome. We are glad you're here. Our Personal Power for the Common Good podcast is for everyone who is in relationship, you know, somehow connected to other people. This is for anyone who gives care, care to a child, an elder, a neighbor. Now, this can be personally or professionally, and it's especially for those who want to give care to themselves. And why not? It makes the world a bit better for all of us. Our target audience is you and any lives you touch or encounter in your daily life. We've been getting some excellent listener feedback, which we so value. And one of our listeners pointed out that, well, our episodes are packed, like, like really packed. And she suggested that we reduce the number of action items we share. Noted. We did. We're listening. Keep that feedback coming so we can continue to be responsive and improve with each and every episode. This episode is brought to you by Shine, the Mindset Mastery Workshop Series that helps you become the you that you are meant to be. In the third episode of Personal Power for the Common Good, we examine the toddler stage of human development from 18 months to about three years old. Now, young children experience the largest brain growth during toddlerhood over any other period, and they're extremely sensitive to environmental influences. We discuss a toddler's primary psychosocial task, as defined by Eric Erickson, the transition from complete dependence as an infant to the emergence of autonomy and free will. We consider the elements of an underdeveloped or misshapen autonomy manifesting as shame and doubt, and that can impede a toddler's emerging power as an individual 
and it can potentially contaminate subsequent stages into adulthood. Although often labeled terrible, as in the terrible twos, the ability to assert one's independent will by saying no is a critically important life skill. Now, since cultivating deeper self-awareness requires self-reflection, we provided an observation worksheet to encourage you to just notice, just notice adult and toddler interactions throughout your regular day and reflect upon the impact of those interactions on the child's sense of personal power. We encourage you to share your thoughts on our ongoing discussion board, which you can find at our podcast site, personalpowercommongood.com. Because cultivating deeper self-awareness requires self-care, we suggested a focus on one simple act of self-nurturance, a quiet cup of tea in a bubble bath, maybe a phone call with someone who lifts you up, an afternoon at the ballpark with the guys, whatever works to care for your spirit. So did you do it? Did you take a little time for yourself? And if you did, what did you do? Tell, tell, tell. We love hearing what self-care looks like for you. Please share your gestures of self-love from, from simple to elaborate. You'll undoubtedly inspire us and likely give new ideas to your fellow listeners too. So pop your self-care tip onto our discussion board at personalpowercommongood.com. In each podcast episode, our focus on personal power for the common good is through the lens of eight key developmental stages that are widely accepted in Western industrial societies, pre-birth, infancy, toddlerhood, and they progress right through end of life. Now, like the identity boxes we discussed in episode one, the concept of dividing the lifespan into age range periods is a social construction and does vary by culture. As Stacy mentioned, we talked last time about how much the reactions of caregivers can add to or detract from a toddler's developmental task, which at that age is the development of autonomy autonomy rather than shame or doubt. This episode is focused on the preschool ages of three to five. We always get our discussion rolling with an opener, a question to get your mental juices flowing on today's topic. And here it is. <laughs> today's opening question is this. What is your memory of yourself as a preschooler from about the ages of three to five? Just think for a second about your life experiences from that age. How much can you remember? Did you attend preschool or experience a life change like moving, addition of a sibling or parental divorce? And how did the social advantages or disadvantages of your family situation, your place of residence, your social class, your access to resources, et cetera, how did that impact you and the rest of your world? How was your evolving self as an individual received by your caregivers? Now, during the preschool years, Erickson identified the psychosocial task of mastering initiative versus guilt. As you start to do things on your own, use the bathroom, put on clothes, make friends, build and crush sandcastles, create Lego designs, and on and on and on, you become a little person with self-agency who can initiate actions on his or her own. Maybe you were raised by a stay-at-home parent, a child care provider, 
or a family friend. Maybe you were raised by a single parent, grandparents, foster parents, or an aunt or uncle. It's all the same in the context of this discussion. Now, as you start to do things on your own, testing your agency, other people let your little self know if these things are good or bad things, whatever that means in your particular culture, family, or society. And many of these things are very, very subjective. How those, quote, good or bad things were defined and communicated to you in the words and actions of your adult caregivers or your teachers either pumped up your emerging growth of initiative or started to make you feel guilty about what you did and said. And get this, the effects of this guilt fall not only on the particular developmental task for these three to five-year-olds, it goes in reverse. It can also erode the healthy development of the previous two developmental tasks, relational trust and autonomy. <laughs> Yikes. And for a child who experienced not so healthy development during the first three years, this guilt will further deteriorate the progress by reinforcing and strengthening the imbalanced developmental scales of mistrust and shame and doubt. Not good things. You know, last time we recommended a book that changed both of our lives, The Four Agreements. A Path to Spiritual Freedom by acclaimed author and spiritual leader, Don Miguel Ruiz. He describes the molding of children into, quote, acceptable adults, as defined by the external world, as, quote, domestication of humans. We pass on family traditions and cultural expectations, like the identity boxes we discussed in the premiere podcast episode, sometimes unconsciously, sometimes on purpose and very intentionally. We do this because we want our children to, quote, fit in, partly to keep them safe from the outside world. According to Ruiz, this, this domestication is very intentional, structured by what Ruiz calls a book of law. And this particular book has five distinct chapters that describe the universal, quote, pillars of human society. He describes them as education, government, religion, media, and family. These intertwined roots of human domestication serve to teach us what is, in theory, right or wrong. The common belief is that we have to be taught to color within the lines in order to receive or to earn the best that life has to offer. Well, unfortunately, these five pillars or chapters in the book of law are the origins of the sometimes constraining identity boxes that rule our lives and largely without us even knowing. Yeah. And if you consider the possible effects on toddlers, preschoolers, teenagers, adults, maybe you, whose lives or very existence bloom in the white spaces outside the lines. Consider the effects on transgender, gay, or questioning youth, or even heterosexual boys who dance, or heterosexual females who, quote, are tomboys and act like boys because they ex excel at sports or dislike makeup and frills. I was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Consider the effects on the children of single parents whose families are labeled, quote, broken 
because a father or mother is missing. That particular label hits me hard as a single parent. And I once wrote an email to former President Barack Obama, who I really greatly admire. But he was raised by a single mother himself and his maternal grandparents. But during the eulogy for the late Senator John McCain, he referred to single parent homes as broken. I couldn't believe it. You know, and I wrote to, I wrote to him to remind him of his own unbroken mother. And as we read in this podcast, the lasting power of words on people's lives. We all need to think before we speak. Hit the pause button. <laughs> and someone with such tremendous power as President Obama needs to think twice, three or four times before using language that devalues someone else's experience. Mm. Now, the examples Stacy just shared of people who go against stereotypical social expectations are just a small sampling of the countless ways that individual identities are different. When they do not neatly fit into the boxes created by society, people are often vilified. They're ridiculed, threatened, killed, sometimes blamed for the fall of human civilization as we know it. I mean, think Salem witch trials. Glad I wasn't alive then. Right? <laughs> you know, I created and facilitated a weekly parent support group in Gloucester, Massachusetts for 14 years. Its tagline was, the more you know, the better they grow. You know, many parents struggled with power and control, especially in regards to young children. And I remember sharing that what is running through the typical four-year-old's mind is this. I am the master of my universe. Now, imagine if we all retain that kind of confidence. <laughs> it was helpful for parents to realize that their emerging powerhouse was not a monster who lived to test their patients and ruin their lives. It was helpful to know that their child was developing at a normal pace and expressing healthy doses of mastery in their self-proclaimed universes. As children in the preschool age group further develop their free will, they develop initiative. They try out new things. These are two qualities that employers value and actually look for in employees. But it's not always so celebrated in the three to five-year-old set. If that power, that emerging initiative is squashed by adult caregivers or detrimental environmental factors, preschool kids can begin to feel guilty for things they do, or they feel fearful of the world around them. If a person does something wrong, it, it may be healthy or appropriate to feel guilty. But if you're just a preschooler exploring your world, your perception of what is wrong is fairly limited and pretty much defined by who is raising you and how you are being raised. With our developmental lens focused today on preschool children, let's explore today's essential questions. As educators, we offer these essential questions sort of as a learning guide, something specific to achieve or to understand as a result of our time together. In this episode, our two essential questions are these. Number one, based on feedback you received from the people and the social systems around you during the age of three to five, did your evolving, emerging self feel safe? 
And number two, how much do you feel like the ruler of your universe today? Now, your answers to these two essential questions, they likely depend on how power was defined and used in your family or culture. And we talked last time about four distinct ways to express power. Power over, which is the most common and least desirable. Power with, when you find ways to share power for the benefit of everyone. Power to, when you believe that you can make a positive difference in the world. And power within, when you use your self-knowledge to bolster your sense of self-worth and cultivate your ability to act and change the world, starting with you and the people around you. Now, my mother's decision to send me to preschool before kindergarten had a lasting impact on my sense of self. I don't remember a lot, but I do remember feeling excited to finally go to school like my three older sisters. I felt comfortable there and had new experiences of learning, art exploration, and, and making friendships outside the neighborhood. One of my favorite childhood photos from this age is of me beaming during preschool, quote, graduation, when my love of learning was cemented for life. I look like the ruler of my universe in that photo. I'll bet it's, you a, it's a classic. I remember my mom helping me cultivate my sense of imagination. When I was around this age, my mom was typically at the kitchen sink or the kitchen counter when I woke up and being in that spot meant she had her back to the door. Now, instead of saying good morning, I would come in, I would hide under the kitchen table. Of course, my mom heard me crawling around under there. And once she did, she would start to kind of quietly speak out loud. I wish I had a kitty, a soft little kitty that would come and play with me. <laughs> and then on cue, I would burst out from under the table on all fours, mewing and rubbing my head against my mom's <laughs> leg. And although I would have been totally into it. She definitely drew the line at feeding me on the floor. <laughs> she was having none of that, but she played along and I loved pretending to be a cat. And I loved that she played along. I can totally see you doing that even now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but imagine if she had responded by Diane Amelia, what are you doing on the floor? The floor is dirty. Girls don't go on the floor. And it's a totally different environment. Yeah, she could have she could have taken that a whole other way and I would have come out a whole other way. Exactly. But I digress. <laughs> Erickson believed if the developmental task of a particular age is not wholly supported and nurtured, in this age case, initiative, a psychosocial crisis evolves that could impede transition to the next stage. For this age group, expressing natural initiative and receiving adult reactions that cause internalized guilt deteriorates a young child's sense of personal power. He also outlined what he called virtues or little golden nuggets of development that we gain when we go through each stage in a healthy way. Little things we get for keepsies. Now, for, in for infants who are developing trust, they gain the virtue or the golden nugget of hope. For toddlers who are expressing autonomy, they gain a sense of will. Now for preschoolers who are demonstrating initiative, their virtue, their golden nugget is a sense of purpose. 
our our bonds, attachments, and sense of positive self that develop in our first five years will actually influence how we engage, how we communicate, and how we form relationships throughout our life. Nurture comes from more than just our parents and family. And relationships, they, they can mean not only with others, but to ourselves and to a sense of trusting the world, of trusting life, of trusting ourselves. Absolutely. And especially negative adult reactions like name calling or constantly yelling at children or hitting them with hands or objects or just meeting out punishment that does not fit the crime can plant seeds of unhealthy growth of guilt that germinate and continue to grow throughout life like weeds in the garden. And you can stunt the growth of internalized guilt or shame by remembering, once again, the power of words. Mm. One simple shift can make a huge difference. Separate the person from the behavior. Works with adults too. Mm -hmm. But don't tell children they are bad by saying that you're a bad girl or a bad boy. What they did may have been bad in your eyes, but just tell them that. You know, be specific by saying what you did was bad. You know that scribbling on the wall with your crayons is not allowed. You know, these words specifically identify the wrong behavior without diminishing the child's sense of self. It's really subtle, but important. It's a shifting of focus. Again, yes. like you say, on the action and not on the person. Exactly. Can you think of a time during your own preschool years when you felt shut down by an adult or by a caregiver? even another child. Can you identify a time when you felt your power within was celebrated? Think about those experiences for a moment. Like a little kitty. <laughs> <laughs> now, listeners, have you ever regretted how you spoke to your own preschool children or those in your care by reacting to them maybe out of stress or fear or frustration or planal fatigue. What did their faces look like at the words that came out of your mouth? Have you ever thought to yourself with horror? Ah, I sound just like my mother. That was just something my father would have said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes more often than not, it happens. So breathe deeply for a moment, focus on the now, forgive yourself. The good news, human development is a lifelong process of change and adaptation. And there are countless experiences of, you know, less than ideal family circumstances that can become a barrier to the mastery of trust in the first year, your expression of autonomy rather than shame or doubt in the second and third years, and the acceptance of initiative from three to five some more horrific than others, but whatever the circumstances, you can examine the past and move on to a different kind of future by looking within and committing to positive change. Relational trust is critical to healthy human development, as is autonomy without ingrained shame or doubt. And as we've been discussing in this episode, Foster initiative in preschool children. It will serve them well during the next major transition in their lives, elementary school, a time when the opinions and influences of other children become more important. 
a time when you want your children to remember their role as masters of their own universes. Let's revisit this episode's two essential questions. First, did you feel safe during the evolving emergence of yourself during the years of three to five, based on feedback by the people and social systems around you? And number two, how much do you feel like the ruler of your own universe today? As you reflect more on our essential questions, please consider these. First, our unique experiences and environments as preschoolers either help or hinder our sense of trust in the world and our faith in ourselves as autonomous individuals who can take independent action. Now, number two, what happened in the past matters, but the present and future are yours to mold into the vision of your best self. Your wounds may not be your fault, but your healing, it's 100% your responsibility. But that does not mean you have to do it alone. You can use your initiative to find waiting supports. And number three, you have the power to break generations of unhealthy family or social patterns by becoming aware of them and practicing new ways of being and doing that ignite power within. That's power for you and for everyone in your circle of influence. Yeah, one of the things I did to break that pattern in my family, I never always, I didn't always feel like I was loved, like saying I love you, it wasn't happening a lot in my family. So when I had my son, that's something I made sure every single day, I said, I love you to him. And to this day, he's a, he's a man now. <laughs> so one of our core beliefs in general is that self-awareness requires self-reflection. So to stimulate that process until the next podcast, if you don't have any in the house, and I hope you do, but if you don't, buy yourself a box of crayons. On a blank piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. And on one side, use the crayons to write words, draw a scene, or experiment with colors that make you feel good. There's no rules. Use memories from your preschool years, if you can remember them, or think about any preschool-aged children in your life. Think about words or experiences of hope, will, and purpose. Now, on the other side, use the crayons to write words, draw a scene, or experiment with colors that make you feel diminished, powerless, scared. When you're done, hang your drawing on the fridge to remind you to avoid or challenge power over behavior or actions that you instigate, that you receive, or encounter in your daily life. And if you want some structure for your work, check out the preschool perceptions outline at our podcast site, personalpowercommongood.com, for a very simple graphic to get you started. Always good to get out the crayons. <laughs> I love the crayons. Well, you know, we are big believers in the importance of self-care, Stacy and I. Um, so now thinking deeply about your life and cultivating more self-awareness, it can bring up some uncomfortable feelings. So you need to take care of you along the way. Life can get mad busy and we might be inclined to push this sort of thing to the side to skip out on joyful types of self-care. But 
when you were still feeling yourself as master of your own universe, what was something you loved to do? I mean, I love to skip. I still do. Sometimes I just skip right down the grocery store aisle because nice. it's fun. You know what else I love to do? I love to push the cart like this is out in the parking lot when there's no other cars around, but I, I like to, to like push the cart and then like push up and ride the the handle. I don't know if you can figure that, but my feet are off the ground and I'm just riding along on that cart. I can't help it. Anyway, that I was, love that was your budding surfer girl. That was my budding surfer girl. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, y'all finger painting, bust out a mm. dance move. When you hear your favorite song, sing at the top of your lungs, pretend to be that superhero this week. Pretend that no one has ever told you that you don't have a cape. I'm serious. Go on now. Even if it's just 10 minutes, let your full tilt superhero shine. Or your, or your little kitty. Let <laughs> <laughs> your little kitty. Meow. And toward the end of each episode, we also share ways that you can pay it forward to become a more positive catalyst for a happier, better, and more loving world, one person at a time. So today's suggestions on how to be a positive influencer or personal power for preschoolers are number one, continue to develop nurturing ways to positively discipline children that do not break their spirits, cause pain, or humiliate them. Never, underlined in caps, never use physical violence like spanking or other forms of corporal punishment, meaning of the body. Healthy, loving relationships of all kinds do not include violence. That's right. Now, if you're out in public and you see a parent and preschooler struggling, you know, maybe at the supermarket, approach politely with a smile and ask the parent, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Maybe grab a couple of items for you. And if it's true, empathize and say, as a parent, as a caregiver, I sure remember those days. <laughs> If you can take a step toward the common good, or if you have a eureka moment in your self-care or in your role as a positive influencer, tell us about it by posting on our discussion board at personalpowercommongood.com. Your thoughts matter. Your words matter. You matter. And as part of every episode, we share some words of wisdom from someone who inspires us. This episode honors the words of Latina labor organizer, Dolores Huerta, who said, every moment is an organizing opportunity. Every person, a potential activist. Every minute, a chance to change the world. Wow. Well, with those words, that's a wrap on the fourth episode of Personal Power for the Common Good. We hope you'll join us next time when we'll explore these essential questions. How did the introduction of the outside world during early elementary school years influence or impact your inner judge or sense of self-worth? And how did your parents or caregivers react to the stories or situations you shared that made you feel uncomfortable? We'll continue examining Erickson's stages of development with a focus on stage four, the ages of five through puberty, uh, huge range, when the mastery task is industry versus inferiority. 
but because there are so many physical and emotional changes leading up to puberty, we're going to break it down into smaller bites. Up next, six to nine, then 10 to 12 for episode six. Yeah. And if you have any follow-up questions or things or ideas you want to learn more about, any thoughts you've had by listening, we want to know. We do. Contribute to the discussion board at personalpowercommongood.com. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can go there as well and check out what we've posted so far. Please, please, please help us spread the word about personal power for the common good. Listeners can find the episodes on Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and all your favorite platforms, or just by going to personalpowercommongood.com. I'm Stacy Randall Shaheen. And I'm Diane Amelia Reed. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you, and we look forward to our ongoing and ever-evolving conversation on personal power for the common good. Change your life, change the world.